You're tuned in to SR the Fantasy Star. Let's go. SR the Fantasy Star, tune in anytime, anywhere that you are, do it with headphones even in the car, and if you listen to you know your team about to go far, it's SR the Fantasy Star, tune in anytime, anywhere that you are, do it with headphones even in the car, and if you listen to you know your team about to go far, let's get it, let's get it, what up, what up, what up, welcome in to SR the Fantasy Star on this fine Tuesday, September 14th, uh, welcome in. Hope you guys were able to enjoy that game last night. That was a crazy game between the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, you know, they definitely gave the fans a show for that first live performance in Vegas. So, you know, that was definitely fun to watch. A few takeaways from that game. Um, I'll start with the running backs for the Ravens. Um, Tyson Williams looked great. He ran the ball really well. He was averaging over seven yards a carry. So it was kind of disheartening to see him only get nine carries. Um, he did score a touchdown, so he did have a great day. And, you know, I think he lived up to the expectations that he had for filling in for DK or JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Um, but the you know the sad thing was to see that Latavius Murray was involved as well and Latavius Murray was just signed with them this week and he he did get a, a lot of the carries and he got a lot of the second half carries we didn't really see much of Williams in the second half and my thinking was that he has trouble pass blocking and that was obvious on the last play of the game or not the last play but the last Ravens play of the game where they uh fumbled the ball Lamar fumbled the ball we saw that Tyson Williams didn't pick up a block. So I think that has to do with a lot of the reasons he didn't see much of the field in the second half. So that is something to watch going forward. Although I do like him. He ran really well. Hopefully they can work with him on that pass protection because he looked a lot better than Latavius Murray. And he's he's going to look a lot better than anything Le'Veon Bell or Devonta Freeman on their practice squad is going to do. So Tyson Williams, I, I like the outlook on him. He will share the backfield with Latavius Murray, but still, I think he's is definitely a great um, low end RB two, definitely RB three flex for you. As far as the Ravens receivers, it was definitely good to see Marquise Brown get in the end zone. Um, you know, we haven't seen this team throw it as well or efficiently in the past, so it definitely was good to see um, Marquise Brown get some yardage, get a touchdowns. Even even Sammy Watkins had a great game. Um, so it was definitely good to see that and see Lamar able to throw the ball. Offensive line didn't look too great. He was definitely on the run. I mean, Lamar is always on the run. He has great speed, but he was definitely getting out of the pocket quick and that, you know, the pocket was definitely closing in on him. So that's something to observe, but it looks like they do want to make a more effort to throw the ball. And that's something I like. As far as the Raiders, um, Josh Jacobs looked good. He scored two touchdowns. He looked pretty good considering this offensive line isn't the greatest. I thought there was going to be a bigger split between Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, but we did see Josh Jacobs out there a good amount, so that is relieving for all those fantasy owners who did draft him. I tended to stay away from him in drafts because I wasn't sure how the backfield would shake out, but it, it was looking like it's Josh Jacobs' backfield. But um, you know, we did see Josh Jacobs... Uh, be the number one running back last year after week one and then kind of get faded out of the offense and didn't really perform after that. So I am curious to see how this offense looks going forward. But, you know, it looks like it's Josh Jacobs' backfield. As far as the receiving threats, it's all Darren Waller. 
he got about 20 targets and he's all that Derek Carr was really looking at. And, you know, he played well. He's had over a hundred yards and had a touchdown. He did have a few drops though, which is concerning, but it's week one. So and I take, I take it with a grain of salt. He's still obviously their number one threat. Their receiving options. They did use, utilize a lot of receivers. They, um, obviously had Henry Ruggs, Brian uh, Edwards out there, um, Zay Jones was out there and actually caught the game winner, obviously Hunter Henfro, so I'm not too sure which receiver I would want to keep, if any, I mean, it would probably be Brian Edwards, um, but, you know, obviously Waller is their number one receiving threat, um, Brian Edwards was quiet the whole first half, I was literally watching the game, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to drop this guy for a waiver guy. And then in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, he just out of nowhere became Derek Carr's go-to receiver. He um he had a good game. He caught a lot of passes and he had 80 yards. He almost had a touchdown to um win the game, but he came up short uh, before Derek Carr threw that interception. But yeah, he had a good game in the second half, late in the game. It looks like Carr trusts him late in the game, so that's good. But he didn't really do much prior to that. So that's just something to keep your eye on. But he is the one receiver that I would prefer to have if I didn't have Darren Waller. All right. So this is the waiver show. We want to get our waivers in tonight so we can wake up tomorrow and have those studs on our team. That's going to help us win these championships. So I'll be going over uh, 15 waivers that I like that are out there. They're available in more than um, like 70% of leagues for most of them, like the highest guy owned on my waiver list is about 30% owned. So a lot of these guys are readily available. Hope you, hopefully you have some waiver, um, options out there, um, and a good waiver spot from, you know, the ending standings from this week. Um, so we'll go over a few of my favorite waivers. I'll start with Elijah Mitchell, the San Francisco running back. We saw Raheem Mostert get hurt, and it looks like he's actually going to be out for the season. So this backfield is up for grabs. We originally thought it was going to be Trey Sermon's backfield. I actually drafted him in every single one of my leagues, so it kind of hurts to see Elijah Mitchell is the guy. But it looks like Shanahan prefers Elijah Mitchell because, you know, he hits the hole a little harder. Um, he's more decisive and he's, he's going to run, um, the plays that Shanahan wants. Whereas it looks like Trey Sermon, even in the preseason, um, he uses his shiftiness and vision a lot more and he's, he's very effective, but it looks like for Shanahan's offense, he wants some guys who's just going to, you know, hit the hole and, you know, just do basically what Shanahan wants. So it looks like Elijah Mitchell is that guy. He was active and Trey Sermon was inactive. So Elijah Mitchell had 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. So he played really well. He's 3.8% owned, and I expect him to be the number one waiver wire. So if you're not in the number one spot, you might not get him, but you still have to put that waiver wire in for him just in case. And there is hope for Trey Sermon still. I do really like Trey Sermon a lot. And I was possibly thinking that the reason Trey Sermon was inactive is because Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty are more likely to play on special teams. So Shanahan wanted to make them active, um, thinking that Raheem Mostert would be active and get the majority of the carries. So there is still hope for Trey Sermon. He was a third round pick for a reason. So he's still going to be involved in the offense. I believe they invested some capital on him, but it looks like Elijah Mitchell may be the guy. 
Um, but I am curious to see how this shakes up next week against the Eagles. I wouldn't drop Trey Sermon just yet, but I'm definitely curious to see how this shakes up for next week. Another guy I like is Sterling Shepard. He's 30.2% owned, seven receptions on nine targets for 113 yards and a touchdown. And Sterling looked good out there, and we've seen him be good in the past. He's definitely had splashes before. Um, and they went out and got Kenny Galladay, so a lot of people were hesitant on drafting any other receivers um, for the Giants. But it looks like Sterling is involved, and you know if he can keep this up throughout the year and remain healthy, then he can definitely uh, you know be a good flex wide receiver two option for you. Uh, the only hesitancy I have is that. They have Kenny Galladay, obviously, like I said, and Kenny Galladay is coming off injury, so he may have just been getting incorporated into the offense, and Daniel Jones may have just been going to Sterling Shepard because of the familiarity for the last few years that they've been on the team together. But Daniel Jones did look terrible. He's fumbling machine. they got to look for another quarterback. I also like Sammy Watkins. He's 15.1% owned, and like I was just talking about the Ravens game, um, he had four receptions on eight targets for 96 yards. And like I was saying, it was good for Lamar to you know see him throwing the ball, though he does have accuracy issues. Um, they're going to be throwing the ball, obviously, with all their running backs that have gone down. So while Sammy Watkins is healthy, it looks like he can be an option for you with those eight targets in this offense. Another receiver is Van Jefferson. He's 2.1% owned. He didn't really have a crazy game as far as targets goes, but he played well on a huge reception that he did have. He had two receptions on three targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. So it looks like he was playing above um, Deshaun Jackson. So Cooper Cup is the number one guy there. Robert Woods is number two. And it looks like Van Jefferson was the number three receiver. We did see him out there a good amount. And Stafford was taking those shots. And it looks like Van Jefferson is, you know, one of those deep threats for him. Cooper Cup is typically more of a slot guy. So when they want to go deep, I think it's going to be Van Jefferson. And if he's out there, obviously Deshaun Jackson has that capability. And I think Robert Woods is another deep threat for them. So, you know, Van Jefferson is someone to keep on your radar. Kind of a boomer bust guy. Um, another guy I like, another receiver is Christian Kirk. He's 4.5% owned. He had five receptions on five targets for 70 yards and two touchdowns. And I think he's been a little undervalued this whole preseason and you know leading up to uh the season just because of obviously Deshaun Hopkins is there and they drafted Rondell Moore and I think a lot of people are obviously hype on the rookie a lot of people get hype on rookies every single year and rightfully so if a team drafts a rookie pretty high but Christian Kirk is great we've seen him be relevant in the past and be able to put up wide receiver one numbers that time on a few weeks. So, you know, he's someone interesting. Kyler looked great scrambling out of the pocket and, you know, letting these receivers get open, just um, letting the play extend. So Christian Kirk is someone that should be on your radar. He's It's so weird this year. He's one of those guys where his quarterback played with him in college. So Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray played with each other in college. And obviously like Jalen Waddle and Tua and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. So it's just so crazy seeing these wide receiver quarterback duos that played in college and are also playing at the pro level together. So that familiarity just and maybe have went underlooked because Waddle had a good game, Smith had a good game, Chase had a good game, Kirk had a good game. So all these quarterbacks playing with their 
receivers they had in college um, had good games. Next, I like Kenny Gainwell, running back for the Eagles. He's only 4.8% owned. He was out there for 35% of the offensive snaps behind Miles Sanders. He had nine carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Did get two receptions on three targets for only six yards, but he is involved in this offense, and we've seen Sirianni, who was the offensive coordinator in Indy before he was the head coach of the Eagles. We've seen him use multiple backs last year with Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. We've seen them both be involved and both be relevant. So I think uh, if you need some running back depth, uh, Kenny Gainwell should be on your radar if you're unable to scoop Elijah Mitchell. Another running back I like is Tony Jones Jr. He's 18.7% owned. And look, he's going to be a huge asset if Kamara, if something were ever to happen to Kamara. So he had 11 carries, 50 yards, uh, one target, one catch for three yards. And the Saints obviously demolished the Packers. But, you know, Tony Jones Jr. was involved while, you know, it was still a close game. So Tony Jones Jr. should definitely be rostered in more leagues, especially if you own Alvin Kamara. Another running back that I'm not too high on, but he's someone that you can go to if you are desperate right now, if you um, had Raheem Mostert or something like that, and you're unable to get Elijah Mitchell, um, which is, you know, Mark Ingram. He's 13.3% owned. He had 26 carries, only 85 yards, but he did score a touchdown. And, you know, that, that's not a good rushing uh, yardage per carry percentage, but if he's going to get 26 carries, then... You know, I expect him to definitely be relevant. I think he's going to be their goal line back, so he could fall in for a touchdown on any given week. I don't expect Houston to be up as big as they were every single week. I actually expect it to be the opposite. So that's the only hesitancy I have with Mark Ingram is that they're not going to have to um, run it on the ground as much to control the clock. So, you know, David Johnson and... Philip Lindsay will be more involved on, you know, future weeks. But if you're in a pinch, Mark Ingram is someone you can go to. Another receiver I like, um, Tim Patrick. He's only 0.7% owned. Uh, four receptions, four targets, 39 yards, and a touchdown. So we unfortunately saw Jerry Judy go down. And, um, you know, Tim Patrick was involved while Jerry Judy was still um, on the field. So, you know, Tim Patrick's volume is already go- it's only going to go up. Obviously, they have Cortland Sutton there, K.J. Hamler, and the tight end. So I think this obviously boosts everyone in that offense without um, a big receiving threat like Jerry Judy. Everyone else is going to have to step up. And Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty solid. He was throwing them wobblers, but he looked pretty solid. And I expect Tim Patrick to um, you know, step his game up in the absence of Jerry Judy. Another receiver I like is Nelson Aguilar. He's 32.3% owned. And, you know, Mac Jones was targeting them. He had seven targets, five receptions, 70, 72 yards and a touchdown. And I, I mean, Aguilar's their number one, obviously Jacoby Myers is there. And, you know, I think they're both, uh, valuable pieces, but I would prefer Aguilar, I believe to Jacoby Myers. Um, but this passing game, we saw it be a little bit better without Cam Newton. I think the tight ends are valuable. I think Aguilar is valuable, and I would take Jacoby Myers after both of them. All right, so another – or no, I'm done with receivers. Um, a few tight ends I liked. Uh, Dalton Schultz, he's 1.3% owned, six targets, six receptions for 45 yards. And he's splitting time with Blake Jarwin. Um, but, you know, I do like Dalton Schultz. We're not going to see – 
um, um, Dak Prescott throw it for 58, throw it 58 times every game. So, um, that's, there's some hesitancy there, but you know, Dalton Schultz was out there. He was more productive than Blake Jarwin. So six receptions, 45 yards, that's, you know, 10 points in a PPR league. Another guy I like, Cole Komet, he's 24.9% owned. He had five receptions on seven targets for 42 yards. And I was expecting Jimmy Graham to be a little bit more involved. They did bring Jimmy Graham in the red zone and on like third and short just to help move the chains, just so we can like box out a linebacker or a cornerback to move the chains. But, you know, Cole Komet was definitely out there a lot. And, you know, they took high draft capital on him last year. So he's someone that should be on your radar. Uh, and one more tight end I have for you was Gerald Everett. He's 12.5% owned, and I've been preaching about Gerald Everett um, all in the preseason and all of my podcast shows leading up to the season. So he only had two receptions on two targets, but he did score a touchdown. Will Disley was involved, but the Seahawks um, won pretty easily. Obviously, a few deep passes to Tyler Lockett for touchdowns. DK Metcalf had a touchdown, but I think in closer games when they do get in the red zone, Russell likes to look to the tight end. So I do expect Gerald Everett to continue to score touchdowns and he's going to be a part of this offense. They had a few receivers who have concussions. Um, so that, that may only help Everett without, with only, um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf out there, they're going to have to throw to someone else. So I fully expect Gerald Everett to be involved, even though Will Disley is there and will be involved as well. And my last waiver I wanted to talk about was uh, Arizona Cardinals defense. I think we may have undervalued them a little bit. They went out and signed JJ Watt, obviously. And the last two, two years, they took a linebacker in the first round. So, you know, those guys are just developing. This defense was already pretty solid with guys like Buda Baker, um, Chandler Jones. We saw him balling, just getting after Ryan Tannehill on Sunday. So, you know, this defense may be undervalued. Um, obviously, they were the number one defense on the week, but, you know, that could continue. And they play in a division where I expect there to be a lot of close games, not any blowouts or high scoring games. So that's something to consider, too where they, they may not be losing points for, you know, defensive for scores um, on defense. So that's just something to look at. I do like their defense and they may be going undervalued. All right. So that's all I had today. I hope you guys get your waivers in, um, look at your waiver position, put in a few waivers. Um, so you don't miss out on anyone. You don't want to wait until Wednesday to try to then pick up people. You want to put in multiple waivers. So if you know, you have like the, five spot on the waivers go out there and put in a waiver for elijah mitchell but then you also want to put in a waiver for someone else and you can drop the same player and it, the computer is just going to you know generate so if you want to drop say you want to drop tyrell williams from detroit which is the person i'm dropping this week and you want to pick up elijah mitchell put in that uh waiver for elijah mitchell but also Put in a waiver for, say, Nelson Aguilar and then drop Tyrell Williams as well. So you want to drop Tyrell Williams even if you pick up Elijah Mitchell and if you pick up Nelson Aguilar. But, you know, you just want to you know make sure you put that waiver in for multiple people so you're not missing out on anybody and the waivers aren't running twice without you having a selection. All right, so that's all I have for today. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the waivers look like tomorrow. Hopefully you guys get somebody and then... Also be aware of the drops. So in order for people to 
um, pick up waivers. They're going to have to drop players. So see who those players are because, because sometimes um, people give up too early on certain players and they drop them. And that could be a goal of mine for you. And then you could be able to pick up someone who's really going to be valuable towards the end of the season that may not have had a good first week. So next episode, we'll cover, you know, like Thursday matchup and go over some, you know, other guys that may have been dropped that you can look out for. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.